every assignment the enemy has sent out against us on tonight, verbally, physically, spiritually, financially, mentally, and emotionally. God, I bind every attack of the enemy in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus that's covering us right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. And thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We are still talking about 911, what's your emergency? Lost souls. And tonight, I'm going to go back over what we went over last week. Um, We've been talking about believing that God exists. Um, In Hebrews 11.6, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Those who come to him must believe that he is, that he is real, that he exists, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we must believe that God exists. We must believe that he is real. And how how do we do that? We look at his creation, and that's what we was talking about on last week, dealing with his creation. So let's go back over that. Go with me to Psalms 19, verse 1 and 2. In Psalms 19, verse 1 and 2, it says, I'm reading the Amplified Bible. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows and proclaims his handiwork. Day after day pours forth speech, and night after night shows forth knowledge. So people that say that there is not a God, they can look at the heavens. And when we look at the sun, the moon, the stars, when we look up into the sky, we know that man didn't do that. We know that God had to do that. He's Elohim. He's the creator. Also in Isaiah 40, verse 26, it said, Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who has, concre- who has created these? He who brings out their hosts by number and calls them all by name. Through the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, not one is missing or lack anything. So even in the book of Isaiah, it's letting us know that God exists through creation. In Romans 1.20, it says, Men cannot say that they do not know about God. From the beginning of the world, men could see what God is like through the things that he has made. This shows his power that lasts forever. It shows that he is God. So we see that the Bible is telling us through creation, God is God. So nobody can deny that there is not a God. When you look at creation, we should know that God does exist. But you know, the atheists say there's not a God. But when things begin to happen, who do they call on? (laughs) They call on God because there is a God. And this is how we should be approaching people, letting them know about God, letting them know about his creation so they will come to know that God does exist. God is real. And then Psalms 139, 13 through 14, this is David when he said, You made my whole being, my inward parts. You formed, knitted me in my mother's body, belly wound. I praise, thank you, because you made me in an amazing, awesome, and wonderful way. What you have done is wonderful. I know this very well. So we have determined through nature that there's no other person that could have done that but God, no other God but God. We determined in the book of Psalms, through Psalms 139, 13, and 14, that God even created our inward parts. 
God is the one that put us together. And we know that man did not do that. Now, always use Humpty Dumpty set on the wall. And Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But we know God, because he's miraculous, he could put Humpty Dumpty back together again. God created us. We did not create ourselves. So man cannot go back and do what the creator done. They will try to mimic what the creator done. But the only thing they can do is put things on the inside of us that they created and made. But it won't function the way God intended for it to function. You would have malfunctions. And this is why you still got to call on God. When you're using man to do anything, you still need the help of God when things go wrong because man is not God. And this is where we have to start to let people know man cannot save you. Man could not even save themselves. So there was a God before anything existed. God existed. And if um, God didn't create what we see now, it would not exist. He took nothing. He made it out of something. So we have to believe that there is a God. And we believe that through his word. We believe it through his creation. But God began to show me something today. And I believe all of us are quite familiar with this. But sometimes we have to go back and we have to meditate on these things over and over again. God began to show me. He said the problem with the world is everybody has their own God. And they're not looking at me as being the one and true and living God. He said, this is why we're having so much problems in the world. It's a lot of people that want to be God. They want to be exalted. They want to be lifted up. He said, people are even making things out of God's. So this is why the world is so messed up. It's because everybody is trying to find their own God. Some Christians are still trying to find other gods except the one and true and living God. How do I know this? Because when we put things before God, born again people, the ones that set apart, when we put things before God, material things, when we put family, anything that we put before God, that's our God. Whomever or whatever we come to trust in, that's our God. And if you sit down and you really think about it and you really sit with the Father and you say, God, whom have I put before you? What have I put before you? And God will show you things in your life that you go to before you go to him. And I believe all of us in here, at some time or another, we have uh, put man before God because we look up to man because we can see man and whatever man say, we look for man to fulfill what they're saying. We, we put husband, wife, children You know, we put um, cars, houses, you know, anything that you try to make yourself known by is your God. If you um, have like a car and you're glorifying that car and every time people look, you wiping on that car. Nobody can't sit in that car because, you know, you don't want this messed up or that messed up. Or when they sit in the car, you tell them how to turn around. You tell them where their feet need to go. Keep your foot on that mat. Right, honey? He don't mind me picking on him because he's over that. That's why I can pick on him. Because when I first met this man, y'all, and we're talking about putting other gods before God, I thought I was the love of his life. I'm not going to lie to you people. But when he got that white escort, Julia, remember, 
He got that white Escort GT. I never forget it. My grandfather told him um, that he didn't have to go get a used car. He can go get a new one. But my husband knew that's impossible because I don't have no good credit. I cannot afford a new car. So Granddaddy said, if you believe, I'm going to give you this handkerchief. And if you go in there by faith, you're going to come out with a new car. Guess what? He came out with a new car. But when he come out with that new car, he forgot the love of his life, which was me. How do I know this? Soon as he pulled up to my grandfather's house with the car, do y'all know who he asked to get in the car and let's go for a ride? My cousin Steve. They left me standing right there. And he took off with his white car, and that was the end of that. I said, well, so you put the car before me and didn't even ask me to ride in it, and they come back sometime later, right? So that's how you put things before you put God, and some of us don't realize that's what we do. We'll, we'll do that, and then through the journey with the car, this was, car was so special. You didn't get in that car any kind of way, did you, honey? No, you didn't. When you got in there with a drink or whatever you got in there with, he can be looking straight ahead, y'all. But if you dropped a crumb, I'm not going to lie to you. And you would think, surely he didn't see that because he's driving. He said, are you going to pick that up? Woo. I said, come on, boy. I said, this is ridiculous. He cleaned that car 24-7. You never saw that car with dirt on it. Never. Because that's what he took pride in was that car. But his excuse was, you're supposed to keep stuff clean. Not like that. You're supposed to keep it clean, but not like that. Why am I using that? Because we can take things that we have and we can put those things above God. See, what he forgot, he recognized that my grandfather gave him a word. And he believed that word, but once he got that car, he forgot it was God that gave him that car because nobody could have done it but God. God turned the heart of the finance company. He turned the heart of those that thought that he wouldn't do it, and it happened. So we tend to forget God. Y'all, everything that we have is not because of man. It is because of God. It is because of his grace and his mercy. But sometimes we forget the jobs that we own. God, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be on this job. Some of us get slack and thanking him on a daily basis. Today, when I was walking through the house, I just felt a thank you coming on. Have you ever been walking through the house and you feel that thank you coming on and you just got to stop for a little bit and wave your hands and just say, Lord, I, I just thank you, God. I just thank you. And everything began to come out. And the Lord remind me, he said, people even forget to give me thanks. He said, people even forget to give me praise. Most people will give more praise to man than they will give it to God. And I'll use this testimony with me. When we look up to man and we think that it was because of man that helps us do uh, what we need to do, we'll praise man and we'll thank man. Have you ever went to get a loan and... You thought you weren't going to get the loan, and when they gave you the loan, you highly recommend that man to people. Anybody? You highly recommend that person, or you went to a doctor's office, and the doctor, um, they were so nice. They, they treated you so well, and, you know, they gave you something, and it worked for you. So now you're telling people about that doctor. Is that not right? Or you went to a lawyer's office, and the lawyer helped you out of something that 
you know you shouldn't have got out of, so what do you do? You highly recommend that attorney. Anyone that does well on your behalf, you will send people to that person. But how many of us look at God before we look at people and say, I thank you for what you've done. But if it was not for God leading me, you would not be able to do what you've done. Have we ever told people that? Have we ever really thought about that it's because of God that we're here? Not man, y'all. Think about it. Man didn't create, create you. Thank God for the doctors. Thank God for the lawyers. But God is going to send you to the right person. He know where your faith is in him. He know what you like. So God's going to send you to a person that he can use to get you back on the right track. This is just how good God is. I remember, and I don't know if my Aunt Shirley remember, after I had my second child, I was burning up. And I was so hot, and I was taking in ice chips. And I remember my Aunt Shirley, she was there, you know, putting the cloth on my head. And she said, well, take a temperature. She says she's hot. The lady said, her temperature is normal. I said, no, ma'am, something is wrong. I know something is wrong. But let me tell you, God is so, so good, y'all. When you call on him, he will answer you. So after my Aunt Shirley left, I was in the room by myself, and I said, God, something is wrong. But I don't know what's wrong. But you know all things and you have all power in your hand. God, what's going on with me? He said it's the um, IV that they're giving you, that stuff in your IV. And immediately when he said that, the lady, which was an infection doctor that was in the um, operating room with me, she passed by my room. And I began to holler out the room. I said, hey, come here, come here. So I began to tell her, I said, Something is wrong with me. I said, something is wrong. She looked at me, and she called in the nurse. She said, unhook her from this now. They never told me nothing else. But after they unhooked me, I, was hot. I wasn't hot anymore. When I talked to my sister and I told her what they had me hooked to, she said, a lady died from that. That stuff will kill you if they leave it hooked to you too long. See, I know that there's a God. See, my dependency was not on man, it was on God. So God had to tell her, unhook her. Now, if she had been in pride, she would have said, no, you got to keep this on because the thing was, they wanted me to keep that on for 24 to 48 hours dealing with what went on in the operating room. But God said no. And this is the thing, y'all, after I had my child and had the C-section, when I prayed before I had it, I said, speed of recovery, no pain at all. I said, no pain and God, have your angels around me. Daddy did. In the operating room, they gave me this old lady at, the, at my head, and she said, you're going to be all right. I'm just like your grandmother. I'm going to be right here with you through it. Y'all, when I woke up, they asked me. They said, you in pain? I said, no. You, you are in pain. You have to be in pain. I said, no, ma'am. I have no pain. Why aren't you hitting this morphine? I said, I don't need no morphine. They said, you do need some morphine. What is your pain level? I said, I don't have no pain. You got to have pain. Give me a number. I said, well, maybe one, maybe two. So they gave me this pill. And y'all, I was in la-la lane. But this is what I'm going to say on that. Afterwards, I had to get up and walk. And the people told me, ain't no way you had a C-section. I said, excuse me? You're walking too well 
to be having a C-section. So when I had to go get my checkup with the doctor and I come through there, they were looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, why are these people looking at me like this? They say, you didn't, it's no way you had a C-section doing as well as you are. I said, but I did. Why am I saying this? God has to be glorified over whatever man does or do. God is the one that get the glory, not man. And that's where I'm going to go tonight until we recognize, Christian folks, that we serve a God that's above everything. We're going to stay just like the people are in COVID-19. This is what God's saying. Until you recognize that I'm above every God, until my people recognize this, that's when you see change. That's when they begin to see change. And this is why God have me teaching on, do you believe? Do you truly believe that God exists? And, and I can stop right here tonight because all of us can stop and really go back over our lives and see what we put before God, that we trust it before God. And then we come up with some justification on why we chose what we chose. Let's be real. Because we didn't want to wait on God. Because we didn't want to really trust him. We said that he's God. But how, much of, how many of us know that he's truly God? The Bible says in, um, I believe it's Psalms 46, Be still and know that I'm God. This is what he's saying. He said you got to be still and know that I'm God. Turn to Psalms 46. In Psalms 46, this is what it's, it's saying. I was reading it again today. And this is, start with verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come before, come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he have made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still. And know that I'm God. And look at the next part. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. So God want to be, he's high. He's above all of this. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. That's what God wants from us. If we don't believe, y'all, that God exists, that God has already helped us, how can we tell people that God is a present help in our time of trouble. Let's just be honest. When tragedy come in our lives, we find out just how much we know that there's a God. When our body is racked in pain, when we feel like we're not going to make it, we find out just how much there is a God. Because what we do is we say, you're supposed to help me. Man is here to help me. So when man tell you they can't help you, that's when you really begin to call on God. And that's when humility, y'all, begin to take place. When man say, I can't help you. There's nothing I can give you that can help you at this time. That's when we begin to get so low and say, God, if you can't, nobody can. I remember when I was going through in my life and it just seemed like I was out of my mind, but still living here on earth. I remember telling the Lord, if you can't help me, nobody can. This is what I told him, because even though they were giving me something, after a while that was over, I was back to the same state. So 
the Holy Spirit reminded me that the one that I needed to trust was God. He said, notice how you are in the morning and notice how you are in the evening. Your mind controls your body. He said, and basically he was saying, if you're going to trust me, you have to trust me and you got to let go of everything. But let me say this. We have to be in a place with God to be able to totally let go, y'all. You have to be at a place in your life that you have such a made-up mind, come what may, I trust you, God, more than I trust man. So I was at that place that I said, God, I trust you. And God told me to let go of the medication. Now, I didn't let go of it until I got to a point of trusting God. And y'all, I'm not going to lie. I put it in my pocketbook. God said, you ain't trusting me. I put it in the medicine cabinet. God said, you ain't trusting me. He said, I want you to get rid of it. When I got rid of it, it's like my mind snapped back. Because, see, this is how God works, y'all. When you get to know and you're still and know that he's God, and when you truly hear his voice and do what he says, God manifests himself. He takes you step by step. But if you're not in a place to do that, I advise you, do not do it. Do not do it. And one thing that I did not do when I was in that place, my husband didn't know I wasn't taking no medication. Because guess what? People that really love you, they will say, did you, did you do this? But let me back up a little bit. You got to be in a place. You can never take chances when you're not in that place with God. If you're going to trust God, you have to totally depend on God. So when I totally depended on God, my life began to change, y'all. Not only in that area, here come the next area. Here come the job. See, y'all, some people look at me. You know my story. You see the glory, but you don't know my story. Some people look at me and say, how, how do you make it? Because God took me step by step. God wanted me to, to see what are you going to let go of and trust me totally and completely. I had to let go of my husband. Who lets go of their husband? I had to totally let go of everything in my life to say, God, I trust you. God have taken me through some areas in my life with my health, with my children, with my job, done been through it. And I say, God, how am I going to do this? He said, trust me. And I remember I was trusting him to the point that I woke up one day and the same thing was coming at me. And I would go to God and I would sit in my chair and I would talk to God about it. And I would ask God, I said, God, what's going on? He said, you haven't let go of it. When you let go of it, it will let go of you. That's the sermon y'all heard. See, everything that I bring forth is what God deals with me with. And I said, God, what do you mean let go of it? He said, you babysitting it. You trust in it more than you trust in me. When you let go of it, it's going to let go of you. He said, how do I know you babysitting? He said, because every time you come to me, you're talking more about it than you're talking about me. And I'm like, okay. So I had to get to the point when I said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with this. And this is what God did when I said that. He opened my eyes. And he showed me people in the room. And he called it the Faith Hall of Fame. And every person I walked by in that room, it was like I, I, the power of God was so strong, it was bringing me to my knees. He was showing me how these people walk by faith. How these people trust him. And it's like his power was all around me. 
let me know. You got to know that I'm God before you can tell people that there is a God. You got to experience me for yourself. So I'm going to ask y'all tonight, during COVID-19, have you experienced God enough that you can leave your house and you're not looking behind your back, worrying about who's behind you, who's beside you. You just going about your father's business. Have you experienced him enough? That you ain't thinking about COVID-19 coming to attack you. Because he said, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Catch the first part. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide up under the shadow of the Almighty. Then we can say, because you know, Teresa, that you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. And you abiding up under the shadows of the Almighty, you can decree and declare that He is my what? Huh? I don't hear y'all. My refuge, my fortress. He's my strength, and in God shall I trust. That's how people know that He's God. They're not going to know that He's God, not unless you make Him known. And if you're making the world known more than you're making God known, people are going to turn to the world more than they turn to God. We're here to bring change. And God manifests himself once we totally turn ourselves over to him in every given situation. Yes, things may come to shake us, but it doesn't supposed to move us off of what we believe. Because as long as we own this earth, we're going to be shaken, but we don't supposed to be moved. We're going to have things that's going to come at us, but we don't supposed to be moved by those things. So the more we be still and know that he's God, then we're going to react according to who we know. We're going to call on who we know. We're going to know that he's going to answer us in our time of trouble. Why? Because he is your answer. He's going to show you great and mighty things. Some people are moving too fast. Some people are talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk. They will tell you a lot of stuff. But when things come, they back off off of what they say they believe, and they begin to look for other, other gods, other ways of escape. So God say, we, if we're going to get out there and we're going to talk about him, we got to know about him. And we really, truly have to know that he's God. So that takes me to the teaching on tonight. That's not even the teaching. God took me back, y'all, to the book of Exodus. And when God took me back to the book of Exodus, he said, I'm going to show you in the book of Exodus, my people, first of all, they were in bondage. I sent Moses to bring them out of bondage. But y'all know he had to get Moses ready before he can send him as a deliverer. And y'all know in Moses' life, first of all, his mother, she put him on that Nile River. When she put him on that river, she was being obedient to God. So we know that Pharaoh's daughter got um, Moses, but we know that the mother ended up nourishing Moses until it was time for him to go back into um, Pharaoh's household. So he grew up in Pharaoh's household. God um, put him in a place 
for such a time that was going to come up for those Israelites. So you may be in a place even now with COVID-19 and some of us don't understand. God, it just seemed like that's all we hearing is COVID-19. We're seeing people dying. We're seeing people go through because of this COVID-19. But God has people amongst you that gives you encouragement to help you keep doing what you do, you know, so you can make it through COVID-19. That's how Moses was. But guess what God had to do with Moses? He had to get Moses ready for what was yet to come. See, God prepares you for what's yet to come. You may go through a lot of stuff and you may not understand it in the by and by. Just like I went through a lot of stuff. Did not understand it in the by and by. Didn't know that God was raising me up for the place that he was putting me in. So Moses got raised up. God had to get Moses to that place. So God was letting him know, you're going to bring my people out of Egypt. So when God sent Moses to Pharaoh, this is where I'm going. Remember, Pharaoh was considered as a god in Egypt. He was considered as a god. So God sent Moses. Let's look at the first time God sent Moses. But first, before I go there, the Holy Spirit is reminding me of this. First, God had to send Moses to the people, to his people. And when he sent Moses to the people, guess what? He got the people stirred up, didn't he? They were coming out. Come on, we get stirred up. We coming out. Then it seemed like something come in and hit us and knock us down, right? Because you know when God send you a word, the enemy going to come back. He's going to counteract that word to make you think that God is a liar. But then the Bible said God is not man that he should lie. So that's what we have to remember. So he sent Moses to the people first. Pharaoh end up turning up the heat. And you know why Pharaoh ended up turning up the heat? Y'all listen at this. Pharaoh considered himself as a god, didn't he? Yes, he did. But guess what he told Moses? Who is your god? Well, let me find that. Y'all hold on for a second because the Holy Spirit is showing it to me. And he's going to show me exactly where it is. When he went to old Pharaoh, um, he put more work on them. He told them who was God um, to him. Anyway, I'm going to get it. Here it is. Um, And the king of Egypt said unto them, Where do you, Moses and Aaron? This is um, Exodus uh, chapter 5, verse 4. He said, And the king of Egypt said unto them, Where do you, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their work get you unto your burdens? And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now many, da-da-da-da. It's in here somewhere, y'all. I will find it later. But Pharaoh was really saying, I don't even know your God. He was looking at himself as being a God. So he was looking at himself as being a ruler. And we know those Egyptians was looking up to Pharaoh. So he was putting them in bondage. But God told them, I'm going to bring you out. How many of y'all tonight have been standing on the word and the Lord says, I'm going to bring you out. Trust me. It is well. You've been hearing God say that, but yet and still... Things in your body still cutting up. People on your job still acting up. Family cutting the food. Everything around you seem like it's tore up. Children cutting up. Money acting a little funny. But you still hear God say, trust me. That's just God. See, what God is doing, he's building us up and he's preparing us for where we need to go. He wants us to trust him in these difficult times. So here's Moses going into Pharaoh. Let's look at the first plague. And I want to show you this. It's in um, Exodus 17, 
I mean 7, verse 17 through 25. Now, I'm going to go over these plagues, and the reason why I'm going over them is to show you that the problem with the world is all of these gods. See, Satan wants to be, he wanted to be above God, so we know he's the God of what? This world. So he wants other people to not look at God for who he is. So it don't matter to him that everybody having all these other different gods because he don't want God to be high and lifted up. So this whole problem with the world, y'all, is dealing with having other gods. Um, that's why Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve who? The Lord. That's what he said, as for me and my house, because he was saying, if you want to serve, you know, those other gods on the other side, see, it was all about these gods. And God knew that. So this is why he had to teach those Israelites about him being their one and true and living God. So these plagues here, why was there um, plagues in Egypt? Why did God bring plagues to Egypt? Why couldn't God just go ahead and wipe them out and tell the Israelites, come on out, you're free. Because God wanted them to know as well, I am the one and only and true and living God. So he sent these plagues to them because each plague that he sent represented a God that they were worshiping. So the first one was dealing with, let's look at the first one. It was turning the water into blood. It was a Nile River. And this, um, the Egyptians, they worship a god of the Nile. It was a goddess, and um, I can't even pronounce the names, but what they did, they was looking at a source of fertility. So they worshiped that, that um, god of the Nile. So what God had to do, he had to show them that he's above that god. So he took and turned the water into blood. That was the first plague. But guess what happened when he turned the water into blood? Here come the magicians. They end up doing what was done. But guess what? What we call that today, witchcraft. See, what the enemy want to do, he want to try to mimic God to make people know, I can stand right alongside of God. But that, that's not truth. And this is why you have to see what actually happened. So this is what God told Moses in Exodus 7. 17 through 25, thus says the Lord, and this you shall know, recognize, and understand that I am the Lord. God said through this, through this plague, they're going to know that I am the Lord. God wanted the people to know that I'm above the God that you're worshiping. I'm the one true and living God. But check this, even with the blood, you know, in the water, Guess what God had to do? He had to use Moses to do it. I want y'all to catch this. Moses had to know that God is the one and true living God in order to manifest the acts of God. Y'all get it? Let's stop right there. Again, how are people going to know during this pandemic that God is God? If we're doing like the world, how? We supposed to be different. We supposed to be so different that they know we're not a part of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. 
And that's what God was trying to show them. So that was the first plague. So we know what God told Moses to do in verse 20 or 19. He said, take the rod. So God has given us power, y'all. He has given us right. But guess who we got to go to? We got to go to the God that we believe in. See, when you go to God, God's going to give you his word. And guess what happens, y'all? Go back to the beginning, what I was talking about Sunday. You had the Holy Spirit hoovering. The Holy Spirit was sitting there. What was he waiting on? He said, come on with the word because I'm ready to release the power. So when we release the word of God, the Holy Spirit released the power for the manifestation of God to come forth for people to say, there is a God. If we're never releasing the word, how can you release something that you don't believe? Paul said, I only speak what I believe. So if we believe that God exists, then when we begin to speak his word, we should not be worrying about if it's going to work or not. We know it's going to work because it's God's word. So the more time you spend with the God that you believe that exists, whatever is going on around you, he's going to tell you, rise up, speak to that mountain. You tell that mountain to move. Why are you telling me to tell something to move? I gave you power. Now get up and speak to that mountain. Is that what we're doing? Or are we sitting there babying what's going on with us? God wants us to rise up. I remember one morning I woke up and I couldn't even walk on my foot. Couldn't even put it down. I'm like, okay, what's going on with my foot? Couldn't even walk on my foot. I said, wait a minute. I said, you're going to get to moving right now. I said, you're going to get to moving. So every time I would move forward, it was like my foot would, would not move. I said, okay, tendons, I was calling it out. You're going to operate. You're going to function right now in the name of Jesus. And I said, I got stuff I got to do. I ain't got time to mess around with you, right? So seriously, so I kept speaking on my foot, and I kept moving. I kept moving. So then my husband had gotten me something to put around my foot to keep it, you know, steady, or my ankle to keep it steady. So I started wearing that, y'all. I'm going outside. I'm bad now. And then the Holy Spirit said, yeah, you're depending on that brace. I'm bad now. So, y'all, I'd start leaving the brace, right? And I started walking by faith and not going on how I feel. Do it, try to act up every now and then? Yeah, but I have to talk to the mountain. Oh, no, you're not acting up today. I got something I got to do. That's what he told me to do. And I said, wait a minute, God. You say speak to that mountain. Now I'm speaking that mountain. Now the Holy Spirit is supposed to release his power because I done done what I'm supposed to do. I'm in alignment with what God said. And I'm telling you now, healing is in the room right now. He said, by his stripes, you would already heal. You don't have to wait on healing. And every lying symptom that's coming against your body, we command it to go in Jesus' name. Because we know a God that's above every God. And everything else has to bow in the name of Jesus. See, when we remember those things, and how do we remember it? Through the help of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, this is what is so funny, y'all. You know how we sitting there and we don't say nothing or do nothing when something is going on. We just lay there and we just start thinking about it, shaking our head. The Holy Spirit is brought in. He's just hoovering. The Holy Spirit is waiting on the word to come forth so he can release the power of God so God can be glorified. We as believers, 
We don't look for signs to believe. Signs are for unbelievers. We bring in the word for the signs and wonders to come so God can confirm his self through what we brought in. We shouldn't be telling God, show me a sign. God said, unless I show you a sign, this is the only time you're going to believe, just like Doubting Thomas. If you know that I'm God, see, that's why he said, look up. Look up, get yourself in faith. Just go outside and look up and say, God, if you created all of this, if you've done this through speaking in an existence, I know there's nothing too hard for you to do. God, you just need a mouthpiece to release. Moses had to release what God want done. Go, y'all got to see this. I kept going over it and going over it and going over it. God said, I told Moses, this is what you got to do. Moses done it. And guess what, y'all? This is the funny part. So we see the musicians. Let me find the musicians. I got to find the musicians. Verse 22. But the musicians of Egypt did the same by the enchantments and secret arts. And Pharaoh's heart was made hard and obstinate. And he did not listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord had said. Now I want y'all to check this out. One thing that they could not do. Y'all check this. When God told Moses to raise his arm for it to happen, Moses had to go back to God after Pharaoh said, I repent, and tell whatever plague was there to be cut off. Y'all don't get it. The plague would have kept going if Moses didn't open his mouth and tell the plague to stop. Wait a minute. Y'all don't get it. One thing that the Egyptians could not do, the magicians couldn't stop it. They, they conjured it up. But Moses had to be the man and go to God and cry out. Who's crying out for us? Jesus. His mercy. Y'all don't get it yet? Y'all don't get it? Who's supposed to be speaking over this pandemic? Not the governors. If they don't know Jesus, they can't speak nothing. Not the president. Not the ones that's running. The people that know their God supposed to be standing upright and said, unless you humble yourselves and begin to pray and seek his, we know him. We're standing on their behalf. Moses was standing. Look, when Moses cried out, God stopped it. His mercy was right there with Pharaoh. Only thing God wanted to prove to Pharaoh was, I'm above you. I'm above your little gods. Those are little gods. <laughs> I can wipe you out now. But I have to do acts to show you Y'all, thank God for God. Thank God for Jesus. All of us be dead. Because we lie in our mind and look at somebody and make them think we're telling the truth. We should have been dead. But because of God's mercy. So that's the first plague, y'all. Then the second one 
was Exodus 8, 2 through 14. These were the frogs, y'all. Frogs are nasty. And this was the goddess of birth, a sign of fruitfulness. This is why the Pharaoh them um, looked at those frogs as fruitfulness. And this is what God did. Okay, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Here come the second plague. And Exodus 8, verse 2, And if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite your entire land with frogs. And the river shall swarm with frogs, which shall go up and come into your house, into your bedchambers, on your bed, and to the houses of your servants, upon your people, and in your ovens, your kneeling, they're going to be everywhere. So this is what the Lord did. Now check this. After the Lord told them this, guess what he did? Verse 5, and the Lord said to whom? Moses and Aaron, stretch out your hand with your rod over the rivers, the screams, the canals, and over the pools and caused the frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. So guess what Aaron did? He scratched his hand over the waters. Y'all, come on. All of us should be very disappointed now. Only thing they did was lift up their hand like God told them. They took God's word. They believed God's word and did what he said, and manifestation came. You know why? Things are not manifesting in our lives because we got too many stumbling blocks in our way of disbelief. Well, God, if I do that, what if this happened? God, if I do this, what if that happened? God, if I say this, what would they think of me? Come on, do we think like that? Because I remember when Miracle Temple wasn't in a financial state. Well, I'll put it this way. God is so good, y'all. And I thank God for what he has done with this ministry because if this ministry was so full of money, I wouldn't call on God, being honest. When people get so much money, they don't think they need God no more because they can go buy what they want. Come on, be real. This ministry has been living off of faith since this ministry started with my grandfather years ago. I never thought, y'all, never thought in a million years that God would have chosen me to move forward on what granddaddy left. Never thought, but God knew. But then you would think when something is left, you would have some money somewhere, right? <laughs> That's because granddaddy lived by faith too. <laughs> he believed God. And I want to say this because my daddy can tell me better than I can and maybe Shirley can too. But he reminded me of this with granddaddy. Um, granddaddy had a car that wasn't working. He had to get the car fixed and he told um, our grandmother, Shirley's mom, that he was going out to um, minister. And grandmama say, now, Arthur, you know that car don't work. Say, granddaddy went out there with him a bottle of oil. He began to pray over that car. And he anointed that car with oil. So my Uncle Bobby saw granddaddy getting in the car and getting ready to leave. And he said, daddy, you can't leave with that car. He said, why not? He said, because you know you can't drive it. There's something wrong with it. He said, no, there's nothing wrong with this car. And he took off and he drove it for four years. Y'all, this is the truth. Then, was it not Shirley? He was on side of the road, broke down. He ended up going to a house that was way off somewhere, and he was at that house before he knew it. And they say, ain't no way you could have walked here from where you were. He was translated. See, that's what I was raised up under. So when people tell me no, I say, my God always says yes. So when they told me no, they weren't going to give us no money 
for a ministry. I got off the phone with them people. They said, if you don't have a board with excellent credit, this is what they told me, excellent credit, we're not going to give you anything. I'm not coming up there for nothing. I said, okay, bye. I got off that phone. I looked up. I said, God, me and my husband never needed a cosigner. If you can't cosign on this, we won't have nothing. I'm here to tell y'all, my God in heaven told me what to do with the paperwork, what to put in. The same bank that nobody would go to because they wouldn't even finance a van for churches, some people say. God said, I want you to go to that bank. I said, God, we've been a part of that bank, but I don't know. He said, go to that bank. Turned in the paperwork, y'all know. The lady told me it's not going to come back. We bogged down. Give me a week. We'll have your stuff together. That Monday morning, that was the Friday. I think that Monday morning, no, she called, it was a Wednesday. She called me that Friday. And she said, I want to ask you a question. Who did this paperwork? I said, oh, Lord, I done messed up the stuff. I done tore it up. She said, this is some excellent paperwork, but I won't be getting back with you till later on into the week. That was Friday. Holy Spirit gave me a dream, told me what was wrong with this church. And I told my husband, I said, that man's bathroom is a pipe that's messed up. That's the only problem with this church. And that's what was wrong, right? So look, called the lady. The lady said, Miss Brown, I told you it's going to be about, you know, later on in the week. I said, but could you check the application? Now, first of all, the other bank told us we need 20% down and we need a cosigner, right? I turned it in with nothing, nothing. The lady went, and she come back, and she said, Miss Bryant, she said, your loan has been approved. This is Monday. And I said, okay, how much I need to have down? Nothing. Who I need to co-sign? Nobody. Is there a God in heaven? Is there a God that sits on the throne? Is there a God that give us orders, and we supposed to carry them out for him to be glorified? That's the God we serve. That's the God you serve. And until you get to know him as being that God, you're going to miss out on what God has already provided because he's already written it. He has no respectable person, y'all. God is still God. And people look at you crazy. They get mad at you because you trust in God. People get mad when you begin to talk about COVID-19. They get mad at you and say, people die every day. I ain't stupid. I ain't foolish. You ain't got on no mask. Don't come near me. Seriously. Let's be honest. If people walked in here tonight, we following CDC, right? We sitting far apart. But if they walked up in here and you turn around, they'll scat. Because you ain't got on no They'll scat. We following the guidelines. Y'all know y'all don't supposed to be doing anything outside the guidelines. But if you walk up to somebody and you ain't fully guarded, now it's going to come where you're going to have to have on gargles, face shield. You're going to have to have on the whole works now because they got to find other means. They told you to put on the mask, didn't it? Now they're going to the, some people already wearing the shield, so somebody's going to go whisper in their ear, well, you know, I ain't had a problem since I've been wearing these shields. I think we need to go to the shields now. Now we looking like the people in outer space. Yo, it, it's happening. It's coming back. Y'all know how y'all used to watch, um, who? 
No, not them, Tyson. Star Star Trek. Star. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Whoever it is, star somebody, they be up there with all this stuff on. You can't recognize them. You ain't even going to know where your husband at or where your wife at. Not unless y'all know how to identify them before they leave home. You got that dinner. Now, let's make sure. Just put your name up there because you turn around there on another aisle. You trying to find them. Y'all, this is truth. Because man don't know. But guess what God want to do in this pandemic? He want his people to rise up and say, don't you fear? Because Jesus is here. He wants us to rise up do this, during this pandemic and begin to talk to people that he is Lord. Man can't save you. Jesus already saved you. Come to him just as you are with mass and all. He accept you. He won't reject you because he loves you just that much. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And as we do that, God will begin to manifest himself in healing, manifesting himself in deliverance. And he'll begin to talk to him and say, that pain that you woke up with this morning on your left side, you're not going to have that pain no more. That pain is gone in Jesus' name. That limp that you woke up with, you ain't going to have it no more. And Mr. Arthur, he's out of here in the Jesus' name. All stiffness in your joints, it goes right now in Jesus' name. And immediately, they say, I don't have it no more. That's the God I serve. This is what we're supposed to be doing, manifesting him so people will know there is no other God but him. So I'm going to stop there. Because I'm on the second one, but we got eight more to do. And we're going to see in all of it how God manifests himself y'all for real and are we truly mad y'all let's don't just try to do something to try to get God to work if you ain't spending time with God don't just go out there and make a fool of yourself okay if you don't know what the word is saying don't just jump out there you you might get one or two but later on you might say oh lord why that one right there wasn't healed because <laughs> you got to be in the word know what the word is saying and as you speak he'll speak for you He'll speak through you and things will begin to manifest and things will begin to happen and you shouldn't be surprised. You should be saying, that's the God I serve. I'm just this instrument. I'm being used by him. Amen? And that's the same God that will use you if you want to be used. Let go of your other gods. And y'all, we're going to talk about these other gods in our lives. We can have other gods and don't realize it because when we're trying to get people to see us or see what we have, we're missing God. It's okay to have nice things, but you don't want those things to have you to the point of that's all people see. Amen? Let's give God some a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do we have any announcements before we dismiss? Renee? Any more announcements? Okay, we're going to ask the deacon in the back to dismiss us. And as you go out the sanctuary, if you're going to be hoovering around and talking, Mass up according to CDC guidelines. Amen.
To God be the glory. Tyson.